Hi everyone, it's me, Sandy Cruz of Sandy K Nutrition, health and lifestyle queen. For years now, I've been bringing to you conversations about wellness from experts from all over the world, whether it be suggestions in how you can age better, biohacking, alternative wellness, these are conversations to help you live your best life. I want to live a long, healthy, and vibrant life. Never mind all those stigmas that as we reach midlife and beyond, we're just going to shrivel up and die with some horrible disease. Always remember, balanced living works. I really look forward to this season. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Sandy K Nutrition, Health and Lifestyle Queen. Today, my guest is Udo Erasmus, and it is, again, such an amazing conversation. We get through his eight-step process on really how to optimize your wellness. I love this conversation because within this process, He includes all of the ways in which we can really balance our wellness through body, mind, spirit, soul. Such a great talk. And it was really kind of cool because I actually read Udo's book, Fats That Heal, Fats That Kill, so long ago in college. It was part of my required reading. And Udo was talking about healthy fats way, 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 way before the whole keto thing came about. He is an expert in all areas of wellness. So I hope you enjoy this conversation. Please do share this episode with anyone who might benefit. And also go follow me on all of my socials. This entire interview will be posted on YouTube. Also, I I would say I'm most active on Instagram, on Facebook. I have a private Facebook group. I'm also quite active on TikTok, then sort of on Twitter, and there's threads. So I'm kind of everywhere, you guys. Go follow me anywhere and everywhere you do socials. It is Sandy K Nutrition everywhere. Now, let's cut on through to this amazing interview with Udo. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Sandy K Nutrition, Health and Lifestyle Queen. Today, my guest is Udo Erasmus. He is the founder of Udo's Choice and the author of the book, Fats That Heal, Fats That Kill, which has sold over 250,000 copies. As an acclaimed author and speaker, Udo has an eight-step process that takes into consideration all of the elements of nature and human nature, including physical health, mental health, presence and awareness, life energy, and being in harmony with nature and humanity. Udo's background includes studies in biochemistry, genetics, biology, and nutrition, as well as a master's degree in counseling psychology. So today, we're going to talk about what is optimal wellness. I mean, people ask me this all the time. What do you need to eat? And I'm like, well, 
Eating is part of it, but it's not all of it. So today we're going to talk to the expert and hear how we can truly optimize our wellness. And with that, welcome, Udo. I'm so happy to speak with you. Glad to be on. This is, this is good stuff. It is. I, I mean, Udo and I had a chance to talk a little bit beforehand, and I can already feel his energy. We are very aligned in a lot of ways without even having a full one-hour conversation yet. We wanted to save that for you guys, of course. Yep. So you have to tell me, because you've got a little bit of history, and you know, you have to tell me how you ended up where you are now. Okay, you got 81 years. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you the whole story. Okay, let's uh, go. So I was I was born in 1942, which was during the Second World War in Poland, which was then part of Germany. And we were refugees when I was two and a half years old, fleeing out of Poland with the communists chasing us in tanks and trucks on dirt roads in horse-drawn hay wagons, mothers with young children, all the men were at war or, or dead. Mm. And the allies were using the refugees, us refugees, allies, these are the good guys on our side, right? Yeah. They were using us as target practice, shooting at us from planes. Wow. So we were got the communists behind and the capitalists from the front, or whatever you call, call that. And my mother had six kids, younger than six, six and younger, with her, by herself. And they were dead horses and dead people in the ditches. And she got completely burned out and she realized it was winter. She realized it was safer to go through the fields than to stay on the road. And so she had six kids. She couldn't handle six kids under six going across the fields. So she left four of us behind and took off with two of them. And my, her sister eventually caught up with her, found out what happened and came and hauled us out from where we were and reunited us with the family. I don't remember all of this stuff. I remember not feeling safe. That was that carry, I mean, that's still an issue for me. Yeah. And uh, didn't know what I could trust because every day you get different advice. And never felt like cared for. Mm -hmm. Even though my parents did the best they could and other people did the best they could, I never felt cared for. And then we were in Germany after the war, and I remember listening to yet another argument between Germans, you know, very intense arguments about things that I thought as a six-year-old were completely trivial. And the thought came to me, it was like, man, there must be a way that people can live in harmony. Mm. And then a little cocky voice of a six-year-old that doesn't know how complicated everything is, I'm going to find out how. And that's been my driver all my life. Mm. And so I went into science eventually to try, because if you don't know how things work, it's not predictable. So that's like, I wanted some predictability. So how, how, so I went into science to understand how things work. And I was always an experimenter as a kid, trying to figure out how things work from my own experience, not from what people told me, because I didn't believe people that much because they told me all kinds of opposing things. Yeah. And then I got into biological sciences, how creatures work. Then I got into psychology, how thinking works. 
Then I got into medicine because I wanted to know how health works, but realized I'm only learning about disease. Mm -hmm. And after the first year medicine, I went back into biochemistry and genetics because you learn more about health in biology where you study normal creatures function normally in normal situations than you do in medicine where they study disease. Yes. And you don't get to know what health is by studying disease. You need to study what health is if you want to know what health is. Yep. It's like you it's kind of like you're saying you want to know what light is so you look into the darkness. Well you're not going to find out what light is by looking into the darkness. Mm-hmm. You look you, you find out what light is by looking into the light. And so I so I I did that and then there was still something missing. My heart ached all the time since I was 17. I left university at 26, 25, 26, because I never got an answer to something in me that was really restless. You know, I call it heartache now, but you could call it heart, heartbroken. You can call it lonely. You can go longing, striving, restless. Uh, you could call it grief, sadness. There's lots of names for this feeling in the heart. Everybody knows the feeling. When I give talks about that feeling, I have never met a person who doesn't know from their own experience what heartache feels like. And so so I, I never found anything at university that addressed it. So I left university. Then I got a little bit into traveling and a little bit into psychedelics. And the psychedelics kind of blew my war baby mentality open because I realized on a an LSD trip, oh my God, I was very serious and very studious and I was always trying to figure everything out and I thought if I knew everything, I'd finally be happy, right? Mm-hmm. And I realized I, the tears were running down my cheeks. I was laughing and crying at the same time yeah. and it struck me as unbelievably funny that everything that I had been so studiously looking for on the outside was all already present within me. Mm. That was like God's big joke, right? Somebody said, you know, you know, there's a there's a joke about that. God's God says, I can't stand it. People are always complaining. They're always asking me stuff. So somebody says, well, hide on hide on the top of Mount Everest. And I said, no, they they're going to find me there. No, well then hide in the deepest hole in the ocean. Oh, they're going to find me there. And so a so little, little wise uh, guy says, why don't you hide in the hearts of people? They'll never look there. Oh, wow. <laughs> there you so, go. And, and that's kind of like, that was the realization. Oh, my God, everything I'm looking for outside is inside. That, by the way, is true for every human being. Because we, we come into the world. Well, let's, let's go back. You, when, I, when you were in your mother's womb, I call it the Buddha tank. When you're in your mother's womb, where was your focus? Well, let's see. There was nothing to go out to. There was nothing to do. Everything was taken care of. It was pretty safe. So where was your focus? Because it had no place to go. Your focus was at rest, inside, in its source, in life, and beyond that in awareness in pure awareness and you were basically in deep meditation because your focus was all inside and you're hanging out floating in this little tank you know sometimes a little smile come across your face yourself if you've seen the pictures 
And you were in a blissful state, you could, could say. And it was like completely boring because there's nothing going on for nine months. Can you imagine sitting down and doing nothing for nine months? And yet you weren't bored. No. You were in bliss. And then you came out and you've, you were lit up. People love babies because they're lit up because they're still inside their own life. And then you came out and then you had to get to know the world. So your, your, your focus went out through your senses into the world. And you fo you, you, your focus changed by any time something changed outside. Mm -hmm. Because the way we're built is anytime something changes on these, people are immediately attracted to it. Why? Mm -hmm. Because we have to figure out very quickly, is this friend to embrace foe to run from or irrelevant to ignore. And so we have to do that. And so we went out with our senses and in the process of going, learning to get to know the world, we went from present inside and absent outside in our focus to present outside and absent inside. Mm. And when we disconnected from our deeper nature, is where heartache began. Because you, when you get disconnected from yourself, it doesn't feel, you don't feel whole, you don't feel one, you don't feel peace, you don't feel loved, you don't feel... And so then we live our life because we forgot that our problem was that our focus went out. No, and nobody tells us. Mm -hmm. Now we're looking for, what can I do that'll get me taken care of? And so we come up with something, could be, could be sex, it could be money, it could be projects, it could be uh, fame, it could be whatever it is. We come up with something. And the idea is, if I succeed in this thing that I've just cooked up in my head to do, then when I succeed, I will feel okay again. I will feel whole again. But it never happens. No, it doesn't. Because what happens is you get three days where we say, ah, I did it, I did it, yeah. I did it. And then in the fourth day or the fifth day or a week later or however long, it doesn't, it doesn't usually last a month, this uneasiness is back. Well, and, it, you say, and then you say, well, maybe I didn't think big enough or maybe I thought in the wrong direction. And then you set the next goal. And again, you hope, you know, and you don't necessarily consciously hope. But subconsciously, unconsciously, or consciously, you hope that when you succeed, you will feel taken care of. And the whole time you're going out to try and connect to what, can you, what you need to connect inside. Because the problem is not something on the outside. The problem is that you connect it from yourself inside. Now, why do you think this happens? Do you think this happens because of... You know, I'm going to bring up trauma. There's trauma. No. no. Okay. No. Okay. No. So why trauma. why does this happen? Why do we lose touch with our, I don't know, I'm just going to say heart center? Yeah. I have already introduced you listeners to Amino Co's Amino Acids. I've done a show, actually a couple of shows, on the importance of amino acids as we age. I've also done a show on fatty liver. 
This seems to be an ongoing issue for many people in midlife and older. Many automatically assume that, you know, you have to be drinking a lot of alcohol to have fatty liver, but this is not the case. This happens as in non-alcoholic fatty liver to many people. First, I'm going to tell you a little bit about the company Amino Co. Their science is unmatched with over 30 years of experience, over 500 medical research papers published, and over 70,000 times cited by other researchers. AminoCo has various formulations that are meant to actually help the body in different areas. Last year, I introduced you to their life formula. This year, I'm going to introduce you to Purity. AminoCo's Purity is 100% science-backed with clinically proven benefits to help maintain healthy liver fat levels. This formulation protects against liver and kidney oxidative damage using N-acetylcysteine. Many of you might have heard of this. The goal of Purity is to help you maintain a healthy level of liver enzymes for optimal liver function. Now, it's also keto-friendly, soy-free, vegan, gluten-free, and non-GMO, and there are natural flavors available. So if you want to try this out, go to www.aminoco.com forward slash S-K-N. Use my code S-K-N for 30% off. That's S-K-N for Sandy K Nutrition for 30% off. It is a normal, natural, necessary process that happens to every human being because you have to get to know the world because you have to survive in that world. When you're inside your mother's womb, you don't have to protect yourself. The protection is already provided. Mm -hmm. So it's a normal, natural process. What is abnormal, and, and it's automatic, by the way, going out through your senses to monitor change is automatic. You know, I, 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 if I give a talk and there's a door at the side of the room, if that door opens and somebody walks in, I lose my entire audience in a split second just because change attracts our senses. Mm attracts our focus because we have to deal with it. That's survival mechanism. So that's, that's why, but they return to bring the focus back inside to reconnect to yourself, to your deeper self has to be deliberate because there's nothing inside of you saying, look at me, look at me. There's nothing changing. No, there's, there's like perfect peace inside in the core of your being. There's unconditional love inside of you around that. There's inspired purpose around that. That's the shine of life into the world. That's already within you, but it's not jumping up and down to mm. get your attention. And anything that jumps up and down gets your attention. That's so true. So, so it's a normal process, 
Going out is automatic, coming back has to be deliberate. And why we're not all living in heaven on earth in the perfect peace and the unconditional love inside is because we are not deliberately making time to sit still and, and bring our focus and get good at bringing our focus back inside of the space that our body occupies and observing the energy that is our life and the awareness that is life's source. So the biggest question is, how do we come back? How do we come back to that? The because, short answer? Yeah, well, you know, we got some time. We can yeah, talk no, about it. But we, the short answer is do less. Mm. Do less. You know, we talk about work hard, yes. accomplish stuff, right? Play hard. Yeah. Nobody says do nothing hard. You need to take time to do nothing just as hard as you as you do stuff. You need to go from doing to being. See, doing to being. So, because it, which one is more important? Well, we've all we're called human beings, but we're actually living like human doings. Totally. Everything we do, 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 do. And then you turn into doo-doo. Right? <laughs> True. So, so we're doing all the time. But here's the thing. Which is more important? Well, it's very easy. You can be without doing. But you cannot do without being. So being is your foundation. So being is the more important. Because you can exist without doing. You could just sit Breathe lightly. Just feel what it feels like to be alive. Right? Mm -hmm. Not do anything. Leave everything outside on the outside. And leave it, you know, and just be present in the same space that you were in when you were in your mother's womb. That's what meditation is about. That's what self-knowledge is about. That's what mindfulness, mindful internal mindfulness is about. Right? And yeah. we don't do that. And no, we don't. I mean, it, I think it gets much harder to do that when our world is much more complex. And, you know, we've got... Uh, uh, can, I, can I disagree? You go right ahead. Uh, I'll tell you why. Because yeah. you only need one distraction. We have more distractions than we've ever had. That's what I'm talking need. about, Udo. Distractions. But you only need one distraction. Okay. Right? And the, anything that moves is your distraction. Anything that changes is your distraction. You hear a sound, oh, what's that? You know, you, you, hear, you hear a noise in behind your closed blinds. Oh, what's going on, right? So we're so attracted because for survival. And yet in the end, we don't survive. Bodies, you know, so, we, so what, if we, what if we took time to create a safe space where we're not going to be disturbed? And every day we took five minutes or 10 minutes or half an hour, or an hour, to just be present in the space in which we live, because my life is entirely inside my body, right? And I take time to actually experience that. Then we would be getting the rest that we need. We would not get burned out. In that place, there is no trauma. Let me get back to that in a yeah. second. 
in, in that place, there is no trauma. You cannot traumatize perfect peace. That is your deepest nature. It's actually your universal nature. And you cannot traumatize unconditional love. That is your individual essence. And I'll get back to that in a second too. You can't, you can't, you can't, you can't. You can traumatize the body. You can traumatize the mind. You can traumatize the emotions. You can traumatize your social group and you can traumatize uh, the, your environment. So trauma exists only in the world of change. Trauma does not exist in the world of the unchangeable, mm. of the in- eternal, of the timeless. Trauma often triggers heartache. But the trigger is not the cause. It's really important to understand this. The trigger is not the cause, because there are a lot of um, there are a lot of triggers for this uneasy feeling. Yeah, and we and and we call this uneasy feeling by all kinds of different names depending on what the trigger was. But this feeling began not from the trigger. This feeling is your default after you disconnect from yourself. And that feeling when your heart aches, when your heart hurts, when you feel uneasy in your chest, that feeling is the result of your focus having wandered into the world and disconnected from yourself, from your deeper self. So what that means is that when your heart aches, instead of trying to make it go away sit with it mm-hmm. sit with heartache when your heartaches be why is that because it's the greatest gift you've been given other than being alive because it's your call to come home to your heart mm-hmm. to life to peace and so if you sit with it and just feel it and don't judge it and you might cry because it's intense it can be intense but it won't kill you but if you sit with it and you could bring your focus just like a hair's breadth in, you're in the place where the pieces, you're in the place where the reconnection happens. And, and the, the cure for trauma is to find your way back to that place in you. Everybody gets traumatized in childhood, some more in different ways. My, my war was definitely traumatic. Yeah. Obviously, rape is, is traumatic. Obviously, skinning your, your knee when you fall off your bicycle and hit a rock with your kneecap, it's traumatic. Obviously, if somebody hits you, it's traumatic. You know, sometimes when they yell at you and the, the tone is traumatic because we're vulnerable. We're, we're vulnerable creatures, right? So everybody has trauma. And not, not a single person on this planet has lost their perfect peace or their unconditional love. They've, their focus has wandered into the trauma, but the peace and the love are still there. It never goes so what away? Does it take? So what does it take to get your focus, to bring your focus back to the peace and the love that are the essence of your own existence and to begin to live from life? You maybe have to let go. You have to forgive. Not because forgive doesn't make what happened right but it frees you from being preoccupied and doing it to yourself. Does that make sense? It does. It does. I mean, I think 
everything that you're saying makes sense. It's just, so really what you're saying is that heart center, everybody's heart center is pure, really. Absolutely. Even if you're a, even if you're a mass murderer. Yeah. It's just, in, you've in, lost your way in yeah. getting there and reaching it. Yeah. If, well, why do people, okay, I'll give you, I'll tell you a story. I was giving a talk on peace. Because I know what peace is. Peace is not the absence of war. That's a ceasefire. Peace is a presence. It's a feeling within you. And it's real when you feel it. And it's not real when, when you don't. So I was giving a talk on peace. And a woman at the end put up her hand and said, so, you know, with all of this talk about peace, I hope you're also against violence against women. I was like, wow, I never expected that question <laughs> on a talk of peace, right? Yeah. So I said to her, okay, I have never heard of or read about or witnessed an act of violence against women by someone in a moment of peace, by someone who was experiencing peace. It's not possible. You know, when someone is at peace, everything's okay. They're okay. And everything else is okay. Why would you have a reaction? If somebody wants to leave you, they can leave. If somebody wants to come closer, they can come closer. If if they if if they want to do neither, why would why would that why would that be so important to you that you would try and beat them up? Well, it wouldn't be. When you're when you feel unconditionally loved by life, why would you ever hurt anybody? And so I said so. If that's true, and it is, then maybe instead of focusing on violence against women, we need to focus on peace. How do you teach people the peace that is so powerful mm. that it makes violence unnecessary and unthinkable? Because that's within every human being. Yeah, I get where you're going with that. Yeah. Yeah. So, so uh, yeah, it's... Uh, it's interesting. Like right now, uh, I'm reading The Fourth Turning. It's an old book from 1997, I think. Okay. And, uh, and a book about uh, why countries fail and succeed. And they talk about cycles of, you know, you get a war and then after the war, you know, the war is always worse than anybody think, thought it would be. And then after the war, the people settle down and then they get into prosperity and 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 helping each other because they've realized how, how bad war is. But then after time, they forget, and then they start to drift again, and then they get back into war. And we're definitely on that kind of a track right now. Yeah, everybody knows it. You can yeah. feel it. Yeah, right? you can. So I was born during the Second World War. After the First World War, which ended in 1918, and the beginning of the Second World, which began in 1939, there were 21 years in which if people in Europe had cultivated the peace that is the core of their own existence and had taken time to tap into that or the unconditional love that is their life energy, if people had done that in Europe in those 21 years, there would have not been a Second World War. And now we have Second World War and we've had Vietnam and we had Korea and we had like, you know, and we have stuff going on. And now it's kind of like Russia and U.S. and China. And, you know, it's not sounding like 
their best of friends or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Right? Why? Because from 1945, when the Second War, World War ended, until now, 2023, we have not taken the time, we have not had the wisdom, we have not deliberately made peace important in our lives. And if you don't, you know, if you don't deliberately go in, then you'll always drift out. And when you drift, you're always going to go downhill. Mm. So at first it's good. And, you know, we, we, yeah, thank God we survived the war. And now we work really hard and we try to re, rebuild, rebuild and do all of that. And then our kids have it a little better. So they get a little sloppier and their kids get a little even better. So they get even more sloppy. And we're now at a place where we're on the last stage before the civil war and the, and the external wars. So it's a cycle all, all the it, time. It's a cycle, but only because we're not doing our homework. Yes. And so my point of the whole thing is, listen, the most incredible thing is inside of you. Let me, let me build that up again a little bit. Yeah. What is life? What is life? You know, you ask a physicist, they come up with all kinds of stuff. You ask people, what is life? I can tell you, it's very simple. Life is solar energy. It's a, in fact, it's a fraction of solar energy. So here we have the planet floating around and the sun shines and some of the light hits the planet, right? Half of the planet, right? The other side is dark. Yeah. It's this, okay. And it's filtered through 93 million miles of space. Then it's filtered through the atmosphere. Then it's filtered through plants. Plants absorb some of the sunlight and they reflect some of it. What they absorb is stored in bonds between atoms because the energy excites electrons and makes them bond. And that solar energy is stored in the bonds between atoms. We eat those as food. Mm -hmm. And in our cells, those molecules get broken down and the solar energy fraction is released. And now we call that life. And it runs everything. What is it? Like that, that energy... I say it's unconditional love. It's empowering, unconditional love. It is all powerful within you, omnipotent. It's everywhere present in your body, in every cell, omni, uh, uh, omnipresent. And it knows everything about how to run a body because that's what it does. So omniscient, all-knowing in your body. Right. That's the definition of God, by the way. Yeah, I've heard omnipresent. that. Omnipresent omnipotent, omniscient. Yeah. And so this is God within your body. Yeah. It runs everything. It never sleeps. It never asks for a raise. It never goes on strike. And it takes care of your body 24, 7, 365, lifelong. If you were in touch, if you could bring your focus in touch with that, you would feel that love. And when you do and you feel cared for, there's nothing left to do except help. Because it's not about you anymore. Oh my God, I am so I am so cared for. Right? And then it's like, okay, well, where can I help? Well, that's easy. Just lighten lighten people's, you know, bring a little light into a situation. You know, help 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 the lady across the street, you know, whatever it is. You know, carry somebody's groceries, whatever. Simple stuff, right? But also big stuff. So 
And then, and then the question is what needs to be done. So then you do it, not because it's going to make you fulfilled because you're already fulfilled. You do it because it needs to be done. You don't do it for money. You do it because it needs to be done. What about ego? Where yeah. does ego fill uh, in? I, I'll get to that in a second. Okay, and okay. The third, thing is, the third thing is, what's the biggest splash for good that I can make in the time I have on earth? So then it, it completely changes. Before I, before I knew how to connect to that, I was always looking, what can I do that will get me taken care of? And I wouldn't do things that needed to be done because I couldn't see how they would take care of me. And that's why things are neglected that clearly need attention. Some of them are about environment. Some of them are about social. Some are about relationships. Some is, I mean, on every level, yeah. we're neglecting things that need to be done because we don't see how they'll take care of us. And even rich people, really rich people, you know, why don't they give their money away? Or why do they charge more than they need to? That's how they got rich. Why? Because they are so discontent, and these people are not happier than, than the poor people. They're so discontent that they think that if they gave away what they don't even need, they would be even more discontent. So they hang on to it. Mm -hmm. And when they find their contentment, if they do, it will change them and they will actually use their money to help rather than using your money just to get even more money. Right. Right. No, you 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 uh, said you you asked a question. I said, where does ego fit into all this? Because oh, ego. Some people will some people will do all these things that you're talking about just to fuel their own ego, and then say, look what I did. I'm a philanthropist. I did this. I do so much good. Right. Yeah. So it's like it's not so what, it's so not what, what feeding you, the so, heart. It's yeah. feeding the ego. Right, but what is the ego? See, you just made that up. What you said about ego, you just made that up. I did. Yeah, you just you you just you put it in words spontaneously. Yeah. Well, ego is just what you make up about yourself. When you go to the heart, you don't need to make anything up. When you go when you go to the to the presence inside, you don't need to make anything up because what you are within is way bigger than your ego could ever get. And when you feel content, you don't need to make up an ego. You know, then you don't go around saying, how do I look, right? <laughs> what if cares? What if you care about how you look? Well, it depends on how much you care. Okay. Right? I mean, obviously, look, I didn't come here naked and I did comb my hair. And <laughs> I did brush my teeth. That's right? good. That's good. So... So, so there's certain, there's certain standards, but I'm not doing that because when I do that, I feel more, I feel bigger than I am, right? I still eat, but I don't eat more than I need to eat, mm. right? I, I, I go for walks. I, I do what I need to do. You know, I prepared for getting on the show with you. Right to look you, I looked you up on the on the internet. I read some of your story. Yeah. So I do all that because I want to get a feel for who you are. Yep. And how we can have a how we can have a good conversation. Right. Yes. So, but I'm not doing it because when I know more about you, I feel like I'm bigger than you or better than you, or that I have power over you, or 
or that I can push you in some direction or that I can take something from you. I'm not doing it for that. Okay. Ego, ego is a shell you build. It isn't, doesn't even exist. You are way bigger than the biggest ego you could ever create for yourself. Okay. And why is that? Because you're, because your internal nature is infinite. How do you put an ego around infinity? How do you put a shell? Because ego is a shell. How do you put a shell around something that, that is in, dimensionless? Yeah. Right? And, it, and, and it's, a, it's a quality in that as there's a certain of, amount of humility that comes from going deeper inside. Because I, oh my God, here I am. My body is 70% water. 1% oxygen, actually it's different, but 1% uh, free oxygen, uh, a few less than 1% vitamins, 4% minerals, 10% protein, 50% fat, and a little bit of air, a little bit of water, and a little bit of dust got put together in a way that allows me to have the human experience for a while. Right, and I'll have that experience, and and I entirely love my life because I'm actually present in it because it feels good by nature. So I'm not having to do anything other than to go there. I'm not creating the good feeling. The good feeling is 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 my nature. And so because I get to do that, I said, "Wow, I didn't create this. I don't make the earth turn. I don't make the sunshine." I don't make the green plants absorb that light. I didn't create what makes that light, that solar energy, uh, shine with, from within me, right? I get to be, but I get to, I get to enjoy this show. And it's always in movement. It's always changing, except for the stability in the peace and in the unconditional love. So really what you're referring to... For a lot of people, they'll know it as just remaining present. Yep. Right? Presence Presence is a power word. Yep. Yeah. Now, let me ask you this, Udo, because, you know, obviously you endured trauma as a child. We've all had traumatic experiences throughout our lives. We, we come across traumatic experiences. How? What is the best way in which you can remain present in your heart center when there's trouble all around you. How, what do you no. do? What do you tell okay. us your okay. secret? Okay. Don't go out to the trouble. Okay. You don't have to go out to the trouble. What if the troubles like really close? Like you have a, uh, you know, a terminally ill uh, spouse okay. or okay. that's yeah, real or, trouble or, or, or yourself. Right. 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 Okay. So here's the thing. You might have cancer. Right? Do we know we know that's a topic. Yep. You might you might have cancer. But then look, what is the cancer? Your body has cancer, but your life is unconditional love and can never get sick. Life is perfect health. The energy that makes you alive 
cannot get sick, never dies, yep. is formless to begin with. If you have that feeling and you let that feeling take over your body, uh, a few things happen. One of them is you feel loved. Well, cancer is has a pretty strong association to with anger and depression. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Well, you cannot be inspired by the love you feel and depressed at the same time. Right. So there's your cure for depression, one of the factors. Second is if you feel love and you say, oh, my God, I get to, I get to have another day, you probably are going to take more care about what you put in your body than you will if you're bummed out and your life is not worth living. And so what do you do? Well, you, your body is part of nature. And all of the building blocks for your body come from nature. And some of them are called essential building blocks. 18 minerals that your body can't make have to come in from outside. 13 vitamins that your body can't make but plants can have to come from outside. Nine essential amino acids that make proteins. Plants can make those, but you can't. So you have to eat the plants to get those. Right. And two essential fatty acids that come from fats that you can't make, but plants can. So you you have to bring those in from outside. How do you do that? Well, you don't do that by eating white sugar, white flour, and fried oils. You do it by eating fresh, whole, raw, organic, natural foods. Right? So I'm just talking about what happens when you cultivate the love that is your individual essence. Then you don't go out and do stupid things that get you bad reactions. Mm-hmm. Right? So just by moving your awareness inside into the love, the unconditional love that is your nature, you've already done just by doing that and nothing else. You have already started doing a whole lot of things that are really good for health and work against cancer. Yeah, you don't need all those dopamine hits, right? Right, for instance. And you don't need to burn yourself out trying to prove that you're somebody. And you don't need to do all kinds of stupid things to build your manufactured ego that you've created because you're out of touch with your own magnificence, so you created some shell of that as a substitute. You don't, you don't need that, right? There's nope. peace can never get sick. Inspiration can never get sick. And unconditional love can never get sick. All three of those are within you. And they are the core essence of your being. So how so, do we get so there, say, Udo? So then, so then you say, okay, I'll get there. So then you say, then you don't say, I have cancer. You say, I'm perfectly healthy, but my body has cancer because I am that unconditional love. Mm -hmm. So how do you get there? First thing is you have to understand that it's already within. What you're looking for out there is already present within you. Mm -hmm. That's number one. Number two, you have to ask yourself, am I interested in perfection? Am I interested in love? Am I interested in actually experiencing that, not just talking about it, not just having words about it, but do I want to experience that or do I want to embody that? Because if you don't, then you're not going to do anything. If that's important to you, then are you willing to put some time 
aside for the exploration that brings your focus inward into the space your body occupies. And if you're willing to do that, then you get you, you create a, a safe space. And in that safe space, don't do this while you're driving. I'm going to do a little meditation thing. Okay. So you close your eyes. Okay, so you close your you eyes. You want me to do this with you? Oh, sure. Okay, yeah. okay. Okay, so close your eyes, and I'll see how still you can become. And see how deeply you can go into that stillness. And see how long you can stay there. And while you're in that stillness, lighten your breathing and slow it down a little. And then follow your breathing round and around and uh, do it until your breathing is completely circular and there's no, no stops and starts and jaggeds because your emotions uh, fragment your breathing. So do peaceful breathing continually and notice how calm it is inside. Some people call it boring, but it's actually peaceful. Notice how peaceful it is when you have nothing, when you have no doing going on. Breathing is still doing, but that's the only thing you're doing. So do it lightly, do it quietly. And what does it feel like? Well, it feels good, except it would what make... Does it what does it feel like in the space that your body occupies? Because you, you, if your, your senses monitor energy, inside you can see light. Inside you can hear sound. Inside you can feel that love in your emptiness. And inside you can even taste sweetness. And do that every day. And learn to get good at bringing your focus back inside the space your body occupies. That's, that's how you do it. Now, you can, you can read books about it. You can read scriptures about it. You can read what the masters said about it, because all the masters talked about that. And they all took time to do that themselves. That's where their wisdom came from. And what's, what was in them is also in you. You know, that the, the uh, or you can find somebody who can teach you a method because there are like hundreds of methods, hundreds. Yeah, I have a few. Yeah. And but the but the issue isn't the method. See, if the method, it's your intent. You know, there's a there's a Kabir, a poet who says when the guest is being searched for and he calls the guest this feeling. That's inside your inner being. When the guest is being searched for, it is the intensity of the longing for the guest that does all the work. And he says, look at me, and you will see a slave of that intensity. What is that intensity? Heartache. Heartache is the greatest gift you've been given because it's your call to come home. Mm. And it's not, it's not trauma doesn't start it. That's why this, this notion that trauma gives you heartache, that's wrong. It triggers it. But heartache is actually your call to come home, and it's your call to come home because you disconnected from it. Yes. So is heartache 
is for wholeness, like thirst is for water, or hunger is for food, or tiredness is for sleep. Most important gift you've been given, because if it wasn't for the heartache nagging you until you deal with it through all of your things, all of your distractions, nagging you and nagging you and nagging you again and again and again until you deal with it, you would never find your way back home ever. That's why it's such a gift. So celebrate heartache. Mm. Don't judge it. Love it. Be with it. Accept it. Sit with it. Embrace it. Appreciate it. That's a very powerful statement right there. Heartache mm-hmm. is your call to come home. Yeah. I love that. And everybody uses heartache for more distractions. Because yes. they haven't been yes. told clearly enough that all that's happening there is it's not your fault. This is a normal, natural thing that happens when you get disconnected from yourself, which everybody does. Bring it home. Bring it home. Sit with a heartache. Why heartache? Because it gets you out of your head makes you simple grounds you it's also your driving force it's also the, it's also your heart calling you home it's also the starting point for the journey back to yourself and once you learn to get good at it then you'll get sloppy again and you'll drift and then the heartache will come back and it'll remind you to come home again super important well and it's yeah, and it's not cultural. This is biological. This is not cultural. This is not religious. This is not racial. This is not gender. This is biological. Biological roots of wholeness. And when you do come home, then just like what you were saying, so this is where we get to the part of this eight-step process for optimizing your wellness. When you do come home, you don't need those dopamine hits. You don't need, right? You don't need to eat that food that you're addicted to because you're ignoring the heartache. You don't need to be drinking your alcohol every night because you're ignoring the heartache, right? So when you come home... I, I wouldn't say even so you're ignoring the heartache, but that's your way of trying to deal with it. Yes, yes, or or it could be ignoring, or, right? Yeah. Um, so when you when you pay attention to it, all those other things tend to not take precedence over your life anymore. Yeah, nothing feels as good as being present in your own space. Yeah. Nothing. Right? Yeah. Nothing feels as good as wholeness. Nothing feels as good as presence. Nothing. 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 And in that presence, anything is possible. So part of that process, Udo, would be, you know, coming into your own breath and feeling that quietness. Like, what else can we do other than that? Or is that really the main way to do it? Stillness, some stillness practice that gets you inside into the energy that is your life. Yeah. Or the energy that you are. Or that's your divine self, whatever you call that. After that, you just do what needs to be done. You just help where you can. You know, if you think about purpose, you know, people, a lot of people struggle with what's my purpose and what, yeah. what should I do and how should I live? Two purposes. Number one purpose, find your way back home. 
so that you can live in the fullness of your own existence. And the second purpose is help where you can. It's that simple. Right now, whether you have depends on what you how you help depends on the circumstances and depends on your talents and your your experiences and your your knowledge, right? But the first purpose and all the masters said, do this first. Come home to the divine within your being. Every human being has that divine inside. Mm-hmm. It's the master, in fact. I'll tell you another story, how, how I came up with this. The war helped, you know, psychedelics helped. But I got to a point at one point, I was, uh, it was 1970, so I was 28. And I had, I had thought one day, it just occurred to me, nobody remembers my grandfather. He hasn't been dead for 50 years. I don't even remember his name. He died before I was born, so I, didn't, I never knew him. But nobody remembers this guy. And they're still talking about this Jesus guy 2,000 years later. So I come from a Christian culture. So could have been Buddha, could have been Christian, could have been anybody. Right. So, so I said, well, there must have been something about him. And I don't know what it is. But I want to know, what did he feel that made him able to live like he did, speak like he did, do what he did? I want to have that feeling. Mm. Nobody ever said you can't have that feeling. No. Right? And so I started, I started trying to figure it out. Well, the only thing you have available to you 2,000 years later is the Bible. So I got the Bible. It's called the Red Letter Edition. Everything Jesus says is in red ink. Everything else in the Bible is in black ink. Mm-hmm. So that gets you focused. I like I like the focus. I want oh, I wanted to know what the, I wanted to know what the master was about. I didn't care about the history and all of the Old Testament stuff. Although I mean I'm not saying there's not good stuff in it, but that's not what I wanted. I right. wanted to know what the master was. Okay. And so I started reading it, and one of them is, "What you have done to one of the least of these, that you have done to me." And I was like, "Well, what does that mean?" And to me, the only way that that makes sense is that I am in them too, right? If what you have done to one of the least of these, that you have done to me, I am in you, I am mm. in them, I am mm. in everyone, mm. mm-hmm. right? Or the kingdom of heaven is within you. Yeah. Kingdom of heaven, that's where all the good stuff is, supposedly, right? Yep. We, we, we get it after you die, but why can't you, why can't you be in it while you're alive? Because if it's within you, it's already there. It's there. But then you got to then you got to go there. Then you got to bring your focus there, right? So I started doing that, and I put little things to the test, and I had some really cool experiences. Like it was a real good adventure. And then this group of Christians came up the coast from California. They called themselves the Jesus People's Army, and that should have been a warning to me because army is not a real good word for me. Yeah, <laughs> right. I came out of war, right. Yeah. But I missed the cue. I got the idea. Oh, these guys must be trying to figure out what I'm trying to figure out. So what will happen is we'll all get together. We'll all share our stories and our adventures. And we'll all leave enriched. Right? And continue on our journey. Mm-hmm. So they had a coffee house and I decided to visit their coffee house. And I walked in. I sat down at a table. And the moment I sat down, this other guy swooped in to the chair next the other chair next to the table at the table 
And I just looked him in the eyes. I didn't introduce myself. And I just said to him, it must be possible to see God and live. You know, because God is everywhere. So God's got to be inside too. Right. Everywhere means everywhere, right? Must be possible to see God live. And there were stories in the Bible about people who saw God and lived. Yeah. We were told if you see God, you die. And I and I think, well, let's see, he's my father. He loves me unconditionally. He wants all the best for me. And if I look at him, he kills me. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> what the hell is what the hell is that? <laughs> right? So it, it, there are things that didn't make sense to me that we were told. Yeah. So I so I said that to him, right? And I, I thought just a good thing, good way to start a conversation. Well, he jumped out of his chair and his arms were flailing around in the air. And he yelled at me. He said, you're from the devil. You're from the Antichrist. Get out. Oh, my gosh. And this is the love of Jesus, right? Anyway, so I go slinking out of there and I'm standing on the sidewalk and I'm really confused. I said, holy smokes. Maybe I shouldn't have asked that question. Maybe I'm asking questions I'm not supposed to ask. You know, and I got really confused. And what I used to do in those days, this was in 1970, right? Whenever I got confused in the city and it all got too much for me, I would go out in nature just to clear my head. Yes. Because the pace the pace is slower. So I hitchhiked to the west coast of Vancouver Island, stayed on a beach for the weekend. There was nobody on the beach except me. It was beautiful. And somebody had draped plastic over logs and made a little dwelling. So I said, Okay, well here's my uh here's my uh, wow. my 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 retreat for the weekend. And I went into this dwelling, I went to sleep, and in the middle of the night, I woke bolt upright from dead asleep, and there was this being made of light. No words, no labels, just a being made of light. Couldn't tell if it was male or female, couldn't tell if it was old or young, but it embodied a message. It didn't say the message, it embodied a message. And I could get put words to the message. The words were, I am come not to judge, but to love. I am come not to judge, but to love. And all my, instantly, all of my confusion and my desperation evaporated. I have never had a question what the master's message was. I am come not to judge, but to but to love, I don't know. Can you sum up the, the message of Christ any closer, than, any better than that? Uh, I don't know. I can't. I nope. have come not to judge, but to love. And then it's like, that's the message of the masters to humanity. But that is also the message of life to your body. Mm-hmm. Unconditional love without judgment. And then I, and I just like, in mind blowing. And then it was like, okay, I want to be able to live in that experience. And that's what led me to do the stillness practice. And they all did stillness practices. You know, there's lots of stories about Jesus going off into the mountains and 40 days in the desert yep. by himself into a quiet place with no distractions. Well, you know, these guys like Buddha and Christ, and they were not different from us. We say we're told they're different. But that's a, that's a control trick by an institution. They weren't different. What was different is they took this inner stillness seriously, and we mostly dabble in it. And when you go to that inner stillness, you, 
you get insights and, and inspiration that comes from there. I agree. That are always there, but you have to go there to find them. I agree. And so if you're just and then if you're just following them around and memorizing the words, that's not the same as having your own personal experience of that powerful reality, of that presence. And so the goal is to be in that presence because it's within you, because there's no there's no way to save the world and there's no way to run the world in a sustainable way that isn't based on you first finding your peace and your unconditional love within yourself because that changes how you live into the world. I agree. You know, when we say, oh, we got to fix up the environment and we got to fix up whatever it is that's, that, that is the, the new fad that we need to all focus on, we're not going to fix the environment if we're not connected you know, because the reason we're destroying the environment is because we're discontent. And we're discontent because we disconnected from ourselves. Mm. And there's no way. So when we connect, you know, when I'm when I feel peace, I literally see peace everywhere. You know, the entire universe unfolds in peace, including when galaxies blow up and everything takes place in unconditional peace. It takes place in perfect peace. And the peace is not affected by any of it. Peace is just a container. It's a dimensionless container in which everything unfolds. Your existence unfolds in that container, and the entire universe unfolds in that same container. Okay. So. I yeah. I have questions. Yeah, I have questions. All right. I have questions because, yeah. you know, you see now people are highly triggered. Highly yes. triggered. And, you know, I just had a bit of a light bulb moment when you were talking and I'm like, my gosh, if we could somehow teach all these people who are always triggered by all these things going on, just to come to their center, come to that peace, like you said, come home, there'd be no more triggering. There would be no more of that fighting. There would be no more, you know, it's so big right now, Udo. I don't know how much you're on social media, but people are so triggered all oh, yeah. the time. Yeah. But if they just come home, and you know, I, yeah. I, I'm with you on that because I, I guess I've done a lot of mindfulness practices for many, many years now. I feel mm -hmm. like that's where I find my inspiration for creativity, for the yeah. things that, you know how you talk about that fire in your belly that fuels your fire? It's when I'm at peace, I go for my walk with my dog, I sit on a log in the forest, and I just listen to the sounds. I'm like, people, take your headphones yeah. off. Take your headphones off when you're in nature. Don't listen to that podcast. Don't listen to my podcast. Take, listen to my, I'm like... Well, no, no, listen to hers, but not any other ones. <laughs> no, 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 only listen to my podcast maybe when you're cooking or cleaning, okay? When you're in nature, just be present, and then... I come home and I feel that love and I feel that inspiration. And it's almost like nature calls me. It's like, okay, Sandy, you're getting a little unhinged over all the things that are going on all around you. Come back home. So this is so powerful. And really what you're saying, if you can somehow figure out how to do this, come home, then all the other things in your life 
will fall more into place. Yeah, well, that's what, and yeah, that's another one of the quotes. Seek first the kingdom and all else shall be added unto you. Mm. And so, and, and they always sit to put it first and we always put it last. We do everything else first. We do this and that and yeah. that and this and this and that. And then we maybe do it as a last resort. And that's why we're messing up everything, you know, in ourselves, with each other and in the, and in the world. Right. How long have you been because this Zen? Human, how long have you been? That? How long have you been this Zen? Is this since 1970 that you've been like this? Mm, well, you know, 1970. That experience was that was my that completely reset my life. Yeah, completely reset my life. But I never told anybody about it because it was my question mm. and my answer. And I thought that was really important for me because I came out of a war. And so this was my way of finding my way. Yeah. And, and because people weren't interested in that. Changed for me 9-11. 9-11. Oh, interesting. You know what happened 9-11? Yes, of course. I was, I was already working with oils and I was doing lots of media stuff. And my take home. From 9-11, we were actually, we were whitewater rafting that day, me and my kids. Yeah. And uh, so we, we saw the plane hit the tower in the morning when we got up and turned on the TV. We had an appointment on the river at 10, so we left that behind. The river was not affected. This is like the thing that happened to me just because of the way the situation. The river was not affected. The sky was not affected. The clouds were not affected. The trees were not affected. The slopes, the, 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 the slopes, you know, in the canyon were not affected. So I got like a space from the, the event of 9-11. And the take home for me was, you know, discontent people, which is almost everybody, because contentment comes from connection inside, not even connection outside, but connection inside. Discontent people will always spread discontent. Mm. And if people who are content, and I claim to be one of those people, if we don't do more to spread contentment than the discontent people do to spread discontent, guess where we're headed? That was my take home. And then it was like, okay, that was in 2001. So from now 2070 to 2000, from 1970 to 2001, I didn't talk to anybody about it. And then it was like, okay, this needs to become part of the conversation, the journey to contentment, the journey to peace, real peace, real has to be real and to embody that. This has to become part of the conversation. And then I had to begin to try and figure out how do I even talk about this? Yes. Yes. And so, and so I then started talking about it. So I, I started talking about it in 2001. Quietly, I talk about it more loudly now and because I see I'm not doing enough. I'm not doing enough. And people in generally, the world is not doing enough to go from discontent to contentment. It's still more about money and fame and power and all of this stuff. And only science. And, you can't, and, what? and, and just so, like, uh, well, see, here's well, the thing. Is, 
Science, yeah, science is, is like a religion now. Well, this science is, is yeah. I was gonna say Udo because oh, last year I went to a conference. It was a very sciencey conference. A lot of biohackers and a lot of really smart people. A lot of doctors, and I lectured there. And I it was called the Journey to Wellness. And within that, okay, it's not exactly what you're saying, but I. It was not just about science. How did you biohack your way into health again when you weren't healthy, right? So it's like, yeah. take the peptides, do the IV therapy, do, you, you get what I'm saying? And, and my talk was about stuff that was not science. And so some people mm-hmm. kind of looked at me funny think, and went, okay. I think you're talking, I think you're talking about technology uh, <clears throat> and and most of the people who biohack are discontent. Discontent because they haven't done their homework. Mm-hmm. The homework that all of the really wise guys that people are still talking about thousands of years later recommended that we do. Because your body will, will crap out one day. Anything that has form will lose its form. Mm-hmm. The only thing that will not lose its form is anything that has no form to begin with. So what in you will survive your physical death is the peace, is the love, is the inspiration. Yeah. Those will survive your death. And those are the essence of your being. Yeah. You know, if I say to you, hey, listen, whose body is that? I pointed you. What, what, what would be your answer? Mine. Mine. Yeah, it's my body. My right? body. Everybody would say that. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, you just busted yourself. You're not the body. You live like you're the body. We all live like we're the body. But you've just told me you're not the body. You're the owner of the body. And the body is your property, your possession. My body, right? So if, if that's true, then who are you as the owner of the body? Oh, geez. Oh, you're getting deep life, on me. No, life owns the body. Right. So you, in your essence, are actually life. You're the owner of the body. How well do you know yourself as life, the owner of the body? And most people would have to say almost not at all, because we never go. We never go and get it. We never take the time to get in touch with that energy, that solar energy, that is life energy, that is Christ energy, that is unconditional love, that is Buddha energy, Krishna energy, that is master energy, that is the master in your body that runs the whole show. Mm. And we're not in touch with that. Well, you know, if you don't know who you are, how would you know how to live? Mm. You know, if you don't know whether you're a table or a chair, (laughs) you don't know whether you should put a plate on yourself or somebody should sit on you, right? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> right yeah and uh, so and so yeah it's a uh... well so you know really the fact is is that i think you know there's different names for it too what you're yeah. speaking yeah. of you know it's your internal yeah. being your essence the spirit within um yeah. and and i am a big believer that optimizing your wellness is when you can marry really all the facets but it begins in here right yeah. like so, so it starts the, in here so 
So and then you eat well. Then you eat well. Yeah, then so, you do, right? So. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So let, let me go through them. Yeah. Number one, core is, I call it internal awareness. But you could call it presence. You could call it lots of things. Okay. Being, that's where peace lives. Peace is, peace is the, uh, and the second one around that is the solar energy that is unconditional empowering love. That's number two. Mm-hmm. Number three is the shine of that love into the world, which I call inspired purpose. I like that's that. That's the positive part of mind. Then you get the physical body. That's about food and fitness and rest and activity. Yep. And detox and detox. And that's the one where most people focus uh, on yes. if they're talking about health. But it's not enough. Nope. And then number five, I call it um, survival smarts or protective mind. That's your that's your your protection from the world around you. So that's about survival skills, but it's also about feeling uh, feeling the calm that you need in the storm. Mm-hmm. And that calm, of course, is the first part of it. Yeah, goes right? back to number one. So, Right? How, how does it? How does a person run into a burning house to save to save the people that are that are going to be killed? You have to have a certain amount of. You have to be able to get into a state, and the state is the state that the hero gets into is a state that is even his body may perish, but he knows that. He, but his his essence is indestructible. Right. So you go in, you need to do what you have to do. So that's number five. Number six is social group. You know, number six is natural environment. Number, uh, no, sorry, six is social group. Seven is natural environment. And eight is infinite awareness, which is the same as internal awareness. Only when you recognize, when you go into the eternal internal awareness, you recognize that awareness goes from your core out to infinity. It is not restricted mm-hmm. by the dimensions of your body. Yes. So those are the eight. Now, each one of those has a different nature, has a different function, needs a different kind of attention on a regular basis, goes off in a different way, and responds to a different kind of intervention. Mm. And if you want to live a whole life, you need to give each one of those eight its due. That's why you need to t- take time for stillness, to feel the peace, to feel the love, to get the insights. All my insights come from quietness. Yeah. Einstein once said, 99 times I think and think and think and I get nothing. And then I shut up and I swim in silence. That's what he said. I swim in silence and the answer comes to me. Mm-hmm. That's how he did his work. That's where inventions come from. That's where insights come from. That's where, you know, that's where the science comes from. Science is not on the outside. You know, if you can be objective outward, you can be objective inward. Yeah. So, and science is based on observation. And what you focus on is what you're going to observe. And what you observe, you're going to learn. And then that becomes your knowledge base. Focus inside for what's inside, focus outside what's for what's outside. But if you want constancy in your life and you want stability in your life, it's not in the world of change because everything is changing. It's the world of change. Seasons change, the leaves change, the colors change, the movement changes things. 
You want stability in your life. You have to, you have to go to your foundation because you have a stable foundation in that peace, in that contentment. So those are the eight parts. And I actually called it the book on total sexy health because I was using, trying to use sexy as the power word because it's the power word. It is. It's everything sold by it. But I wanted to use sexy to sell people on their own magnificence. Mm. And I think that that would have been a good, but it didn't work out. That was not, it didn't work out. It kind of trivialized the topic is what happened. Ah, yes, I could see that. Yeah. Yeah. And and so uh, it was a good experiment. I learned a lot from it. And so uh, I have to to rewrite all of that. But um, yeah, it's... uh, it's, a, it's, it's amazing that what is in us. I've been doing a practice now for over 50 years. Yeah. Because I got from, oh, my God, this was an incredible experience. Then it was like it started to become a memory. And I was saying, what do I have to do to stay in that experience? Yeah. And that question led me to someone who said, the peace you search for is within you. I can reveal you that peace. That was interesting to me. I didn't think he could because he was 14 and I was 30. Uh, but I was interested in peace because I came out of a war. I said, well, I'll check it out. I don't think he can. If he can, I don't want to miss it. If he can't, I'll just keep looking. And then I learned a method. And li- literally, it's, you know, the method is, is just a, the method is a method. Mm-hmm. It's a good method. Basically, sit down, get quiet, bring your awareness inside. What do you see? What do you hear? What do you taste? What do you feel? start there yeah Yeah. it's always about a stillness practice you know you want to fix the environment do less you know when when we had the lockdowns the air got clean over china the 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 dolphins uh, returned to the canals in venice that were polluted yeah they weren't boats weren't driving around so the, the the water got cleaner in vancouver you know the the flowers were brighter in their colors (laughs) and we did that by doing less not by doing more yeah Yeah. so it's not like this is the next big project oh yeah yeah environment do 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 no 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 do less do less right except maybe plant trees and and see if we can't do do intelligent water management yeah to take water from where there's too much to where there's too little it's uh, actually not a bad project was Mm -hmm. started in 1910 and then they gave up on it Mm. They had, a, they had built a grid system for all of North America to prevent droughts oh, of I water, see. an irrigation system. We still need it. Yeah. This has been such a great conversation, Udo. You're just so wise and so such a pleasure to talk yeah. to. Can I, can I say one more thing? Absolutely. Okay, I was talking about state of being. Whatever your state of being or your state of emotions is, will automatically come to expression. So if my state of being is peace, then literally I'll live into a peaceful world because I will see peace everywhere. Mm. But if I'm angry, I will see enemies. So I will live into a world of enemies and I will create enemies by my anger. So I will create a world that looks like my state of being, mm-hmm. you know, in my, in my sphere of influence. And if I'm afraid or fearful, then I'm going to see danger 
and I'll see danger even if there isn't any. Yeah. And I'll and I'll start saying, what if? What if you know? What if a what if an asteroid that's eighteen miles across and going at eighteen thousand miles an hour? What if it's coming down and it's heading for my head? Right? I can. I mean, I can. Right? Yeah, totally. What if? And then I'm going to. And then what? What do? I, oh my God! What do I need to do to prevent that from happening? Well, I got to look at the sky a lot. So I better take my roof off, right? <laughs> and I better be in a flat place where I can run like hell. Yeah. Right? Or I maybe, gee, is there a way I could blow up the asteroid? Or, you know, and then you start fantasizing about all of these things. It all came out of you being fearful. Totally. And imagining something into place. So if I'm fearful, I will create a world filled with fear. Yep. So if we want to build a world of real peace and unconditional love, we need to begin by embodying that those states of being. Yes. Right? And so everything that needs to be done on the planet requires us first to change our state of being to something that's already within us, but deeper than we've, we've gone and more beautiful and more magnificent and more awesome than we've experienced. That's the cure for every problem on the planet. Yeah. Every problem on the planet came from not doing that. And every problem on the planet will get made better from us doing that more. Beautiful. Beautiful. All right, Uda, where can we find you? Is there anything that, you know, you, you, haven't you wanted to say that you didn't get to say or you know where can someone find you yeah well uh okay that's the wrong question of course because <laughs> what you really need to do is find yourself okay right okay but, but someone might want to find you too you're a very wise person yeah then what i don't know and you're going to ride on, on my coattails? We you get, should be riding on your own. <laughs> we could learn from because, you. No because, no, because the wisdom, you have that same wisdom within you. Yeah. You know, where do I go for that wisdom? I'm not going to experts on the outside. I'm going to the place where that wisdom lives within me. You gave us the answer, right. But you've so, also done a lot of other great things. You've written yeah, yeah. some so books. If, and, you, if you talk about oils and enzymes and probiotics, which are the most important for physical health. Yeah. Uh, you go to udoschoice.com, U-D-O-S choice.com. And it, we talk about why we did it and how we did it. Yeah. And, and you find the products in the health food stores. Um, if, you, if, you, if you're more interested in this kind of stuff, I've got a beginnings of a website. It's called theudo.com, T-H-E-U-D-O.com. And I have some uh, psychology stuff on it. It's, it's a, it's a mess. It's a, a work in progress. Um, and, uh, the book, the physical book is called fats that heal fats that kill. Yeah. The, 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 the book about human nature is called the book on total sexy health. The this... eight key parts designed by nature. Yeah. That's here's the, the other heal, one. That's kill. It's a good one. You guys, I kept it <laughs> of course. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, I'm on, uh, I have a YouTube channel and I'm on Instagram and I'm on Facebook and. Awesome. Uh, 
I'm not hard to find because my name is weird. Udo, <laughs> U-D-O. It's not even a four-letter word. If you punch Udo on in Google, I come up on the first page. Most there you go. Very few Udos in the world. <laughs> Udo Erasmus, uh, I'm not hard to find. You're so lucky. But, but, but <laughs> just remember, finding me is okay, but finding yourself is what really is the focus. Beautiful. That, that, that you need to take seriously. Beautiful. Because you're awesome, because you are awesome. You are magnificent. And it, what a shame to end your life before you've discovered how incredible it is just to be you. Mm. Perfect. That's a beautiful way to end. Thank you. Singing and dancing. Oh, my God. I'm so <laughs> Thank you so much, Udo. I loved our chat. Thank you. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Be sure to share it with someone you know might benefit. And always remember, when you rate, review, subscribe, you help to support my content and help me to keep going and bringing these conversations to you each and every week. Join me next week for a new topic, new guest, new exciting conversations to help you live your best life.